Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the week. Sanctioned by Steel City Collectibles. And now, this is the moment sports card fans listening around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Bringing collectors everywhere up-to-date industry news, giving the inside scoop on product releases, it's the Steel City Scoop! Good morning, everybody. It's Jason with the Steel City Scoop today. And actually, going to have a little bit different format of the show today. Going to play the podcast roundtable for you. Uh, this is the podcast roundtable that Eric uh, from Fat Packs Radio and I talked about last week, or actually the week before that occurred last week at the National in Cleveland. Um, it's going to feature uh, myself, Vince from That Sports Card Show podcast, Drew and Stu from Let Me Get That Podograph, course Eric from Beckett Fat Packs radio podcast and then Ivan and Rob Bertrand from the Go GTS Live uh, podcast and radio show and then their video show that's on every Thursday evening. So I'm going to play that for you real quick. I'll just go over everything before I do that. I think that podcast is right around or that podcast recording that I'm going to play is right around 41 minutes just shy of 41 minutes. So lots of good information. We talked about the hobby, where we thought things were, what we thought might be happening, um, thoughts on the show. Like I mentioned two weeks ago, the national last week was actually my first national. Um, I know for Stu and Drew, uh, let me get that photograph. I believe it was their fat first national as well. Um, I know it was Eric's second. He had been at the one in Chicago the previous year. And then Rob and Ivan typically host the main stage at the national. So they are definitely some national veterans themselves. Um, and then Vince from that sports card show podcast, I believe it was his first national as well. So lots of rookies and a couple of veterans on the main stage uh, that actually occurred Friday at five o'clock. So right as the show was ending, I think the show ended at six o'clock that day. So interesting podcast. Uh, recording that I'm going to play tons of stuff that happened first before I do that I do want to mention a couple things coming out of the national at least for Steel City collectibles if you guys were part of the raffle where we gave away tons of signed memorabilia we do have some stuff that's unclaimed you can go check it out on website all the numbers are posted so if you have a winning raffle ticket from the national that has a winning number just contact us there's a phone number on the site um, you can contact the Twitter account, the Facebook, the Instagram, however you want to do it. You can call in, just let us know. Um, if you do have a winning ticket, the only thing we're going to ask you is to send us a picture just to verify that you have the winning ticket number. So that's going on. We do have some of the national uh, exclusive products for sale on the site too. And then I think there are some of the wrapper redemption packs that you can actually get with your products. If you order certain products that were included in the Panini uh, Rapper Redemption Program at the National. So even if you miss the National, you can still participate. We got some stuff on the site. 
think there's basketball, football, baseball, I believe racing is included in that. So definitely check those out. Um, I participated as well. Actually, myself, I bought the 2018 Donruss Racing Box. I uh, got a couple Panini Redemption, Rapid Redemption packs, got the silver packs. Actually pulled a Sony Michelle autograph, so was pretty happy with that. Uh, Georgia rookie, going to be playing receiver for the Patriots. So be interested to see how he turns out and how good of a card that might be um, and if you know what I should do with it. But that was a pretty cool card. Uh, that was the first time I participated in the Rapid Redemption Live. Of course, that was the first time I was at, I was at the National so I definitely wanted to take part in that and see how the process went. Can't complain. It was extremely smooth. Um, was maybe the second or third person in line. So it was very quick getting my uh, wrappers redeemed and getting my packs from Panini. So also want to say thank you to everybody that stopped by. I talked to a lot of people that said that they either followed the scoop, uh, the blog, or listened to the the podcast. I actually had a few people that said they listened to the podcast on the way to the national. So as a podcast listener and a, you know, just a podcast fan in general, I cannot say how much I appreciate that and how much I want to say thank you to everybody uh, for participating, following, listening, you know, any other verb that you want to put in with that. I cannot say how much I appreciate it, how grateful I am. Um, it's cool to be on this side of the microphone, I guess, because typically I'm a listener, but of course on this one, I'm not. So it is pretty cool to hear some people, you know, tell me what they like, what they don't like, um, and what they would like to hear. Um, you know, I got a lot of positive feedback with the interview, right? more of a conversation with Eric from Fat Packs because we've known each other. So that was more of a uh, conversation than an interview. So talked to tons of people about that. That was amazing. Um, like I said, very appreciative. There's a lot to take in at the national, especially if you've never been, um, hopefully I can go soon and, you know, partake in a little bit more. It was kind of, no, I don't want to say stuck at the booth a little bit, but you know, it's so busy and we have a staff that operates the booth during the national week and a staff that also stays back in town here in McKeesport, uh, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. So it's it's a split staff, and we kind of have to make things work and try to fit all of our regular jobs into the national week, and there's a ton of stuff going on and not a lot of people getting sleep that week. So it's definitely exciting but also tiresome at the same time. But, you know, it was a pretty cool experience. I can't wait to go next year. Next year is going to be in Chicago, and then the year after that is Atlantic City. So some pretty cool uh, nationals coming up in the next couple of years. I'm excited for them. One thing you can look forward to uh, as far as the Steel City Scoop blog, I did get to speak with Tim. I want to say it's Tim Getch or Gesh, the founder of Check Out My Cards. I actually got to talk to him for 30, 35 minutes or so. Got a lot of cool information. Um, that won't be a recording interview that I'll play. It'll be um, a scoop. It'll be on the blog part of the Steel City Scoop. I'll put that interview up. Um, hopefully tomorrow, but there's a couple of things going on. So it might not actually get posted till next week. Um, a couple other things was able to make a few connections, talk to Tim from signatures for soldiers. Definitely want to interview him coming up shortly. Uh, we were both kind of busy this week. So probably in the next couple of weeks, I want to try to get him on the show to talk about signatures for soldiers and what they do 
It's a very cool concept that I don't want to talk about it too much and give incorrect information, but I think everybody will be rather pleased if you're not already aware of what Signatures for Soldiers is. I think you'll be pretty pleased with what they do and uh, some of the athletes and former athletes that they have have worked with and have been involved with. Um, one that I can mention is Terry Francona. I think he donated some stuff for Tim to to sell at the national for the signatures for soldiers campaign and then earn some money for that campaign. So we'll get you some more information. Like I said, hope to talk to him pretty soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks, if we can get something set up. Um, last but not least, before I do the podcast roundtable for you guys, um, just a reminder, if you don't already follow the still city scoop podcast, go ahead and subscribe you know, it's everywhere. It's Apple Podcasts, it's Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, all those podcast apps, anything that you might use. It's also on TuneIn. Um, it's on SoundCloud, but I'm a little behind on updating the episodes on SoundCloud. So I got to put a couple on there still. I think I only have the first four. Um, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all those. Uh, there's another one that I just added last week. Um, it's called Anchor. It's a pretty cool platform. And it's very simple to use if you've ever thought of podcasting. It's a pretty cool platform that I actually used to use uh, previous to Steel City Scoop. So check them out. We're also on Anchor, like I said. Um, Always give us ratings and reviews. I always appreciate that. It was great to talk to everybody at the National. But I'm going to ask that those people that listened to me uh, and told me that they follow the podcast to go ahead and give us some reviews, give us some ratings that helps us kind of move up the charts and helps us get discovered by people that aren't aware of us yet. So spread the word, give us a rating and review. And last but not least, of course, as always follow us on Facebook, still city collectibles, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SCC trading cards. And then you can also subscribe to the blog. Every time we post an article on the blog, you're going to get an email notification. So basically all the news is going to come to you. You don't have to do any work. Uh, we post product releases. You know, we have Tops National Baseball Card Day information going up for this weekend. That is actually on Saturday. I guess I should talk a little bit about that before I play the roundtable. Tops National Baseball Card Day is Saturday. It's August 11th. That is, it's the first installment of the program. There's actually going to be a second day. It's August 25th also. But the general premise of the program is. Tops want collectors and I would say especially kids to visit hobby shops, you know, get out and buy hobby packs. So much of the hobby is Target and Walmart right now just because the hobby shops have kind of dried up. But Tops has definitely taken the initiative to try to get collectors back into the hobby shops. You know, it might only be once or twice a year, but that once or twice a year might get people to come back again. So the general outline of the program is if you go to your hobby shop, you're going to get, you should get a free pack of tops cards. And I think there's a designated pack for uh, just showing up. I'm not sure how many cards is in their pack. Usually it's like two to four, somewhere in that range. So just for showing up, you're going to get a free pack of cards and it's going to be special to the tops national baseball card day. It's not going to be, you know, necessarily um, a rehash of, opening day or top series one or two. These are going to be brand new cards that you haven't gotten anywhere else. So go to your hobby shops, get your tops cards. Um, Also, if you spend $10 on participating tops products that day, you're going to get a special Aaron judge card in the past. I think the 
previous athletes for this uh, $10 promo were, I want to say Mike Trout and Chris Bryant. This year is going to be Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is actually the August 11th uh, baseball player that you'll get. The one that you'll get on August 25th if you spend $10 is actually Reese Hoskins, the rookie from the Phillies. So, <clears throat> apologize, but so two days, August 11th and August 25th, show up, get a free pack of cards. You spend $10, you get a bonus card. So, pretty cool set. There are chances to get autographs. I don't think there's relics. I think it's strictly autographs. Um, we do have a post up on our blog. One of the autographs that they show is Noah Syndergaard from the Mets. Um, Otani's in this set. Buster Posey, Cody Bellinger is also in there. There are basically it's a 30 card set, one person per each team. And then I think it's a 30 card autograph set. Um, I think it's a 30 card autograph set too. And I think it's one person per team. So, excuse me so definitely visit your hobby shops like i said august 11th um there is a list on the scoop as well and then there's also a list um on the tops website that has all the participating hobby shops there's tons across the country the entire list is on there i would advise you though as a tops baseball card day veteran um a couple years ago i went to six stores in one day just to kind of see how much I could do. Um, I would advise you though, to check the hours of the stores before you go. I can speak from experience. I try to go to six stores in one day. And while one of the six I did show up to, they were closed. Um, and it, it was early. It was like three o'clock or something to me. So that's early, but in my mind, but they were closed. So definitely check the hours of your shops, especially if you're not familiar with them and you're going to travel. I would highly advise you to check the hours of the shops, but Tops is also going to be running some contests. We are actually going to run a contest as well. Check out our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed for more on the contest. We're actually going to be giving away two museum collection cards uh, from Mike James. He actually is the artist that created the cards and these, I believe they're proofs. I forget the exact terminology of the word he used, but, I believe they're proofs that Top sent back to him, and then he actually sent us a handful and then signed them. So the two that we're going to give away are Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani. All we're asking you to do is post a picture of you in the hobby shop on Saturday, August 11th, Top's National Baseball Card Day. And we want you to post a picture, tag SCC Trading Cards, and also use the hashtag Top's Baseball Card Day to enter the contest. We're going to give away both to one person. So as long as you post a picture that day by 11.59 p.m. Eastern time, you will be entered in the contest. Also, Tops is going to be giving some stuff away on their website or their social media accounts as well. Um, you just want to follow Tops, see what's going on. I believe it's pretty much the same thing that we're doing. You're going to tag Tops and then use the hashtag Tops Baseball Card Day, whereas with ours, you're going to tag SCC Trading Cards. But they're going to be giving some stuff away all day. They also want you to do the same thing. Post a picture of yourself in the hobby shop. Uh, so basically what you could do, you could take one picture and enter two contests. You know, and Tops is probably going to do multiple contests that day. So that's pretty cool that you can actually take one picture, multiple contests. Um, and I would even pay attention to your hobby shops. They might be doing a contest as well. So 
you might be able to enter a few contests at once and maybe walk away with some awesome prizes. So definitely use your social media on Saturday. Um, Use your Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and post some pictures and win some stuff. And I would imagine we're not going to be the only place giving stuff away. So I would even check out, you know, all the, the stores, the brands, um, our site, all, I would imagine there's going to be tons of people on Twitter giving stuff away for national baseball card day. Uh, People like to get really festive with when these events come up. So definitely use your social media on Saturday, August 11th. And like I said, without further ado, I'm going to play this podcast roundtable for you. It's probably a good day. Um, I've been coughing a little bit in the background, so probably a good day for me to play this for you. Like I said, just under 41 minutes features myself, Jason from Steel City Scoop, Eric from Beckett Fat Packs Podcast, Drew and Stu from Let Me Get That Podograph, Vince from That Sports Card Show, and Rob and Ivan from Go GTS Live. So, I hope you enjoy. Um, it looks like we're going to be doing something like this next year. So it'll be interesting to see if all of the podcasts make it to next year and how much we grow by maybe, you know, if we had five people in this one, it'd be nice to see maybe seven or 10 next year. So hopefully this little podcast hobby community gets a little bit bigger. Like I said, enjoy. And I hope you stick around to the end. Um, I will be back to kind of close out the show, but Enjoy the podcast roundtable from the 2018 National Sports Collectors Convention. Know him as Beckett Radio, a.k.a. Fat Packs, or more importantly, he has a name, and it is Eric Norton. Eric. Thank you, Rob. What's going on, guys? All right. uh, First thing I want to do is kids in the crowd that are walking away. (laughs) Uh, I have some fidget spinners from TBS, from uh, Top Shelf Breaks. You guys want some fidget spinners? There you go. There you go. I don't want to hit you. (laughs) Please stick around. Uh, Craps, watch out. You're not a kid. (laughs) All right, fidget spinners, Top Shelf Breaks. Thank you very much, uh, Chris Keller, for uh, handing those out. I do have some, uh, I have a copy of each of our, uh, our latest magazines that we'll give out a little bit later. I got a couple of, uh, my wife made these. They're uh, tumblers, so if you want to see my ugly mug while you drink something, please do. All right, uh, let's introduce everybody. To, uh, to my right, this is Let Me Get That Potograph, Drew and Stu. I'm sorry, backwards, Stu. Drew and Stu. And Drew. We all know the king down there, Mr. Rob Bertrand. Stop. Stop. Mr. Jason Martin of Still City Scoop, and my man Vince of That Sports Card Podcast. What's up, Vince? How you doing down there? Yeah, you got to get a mic there. We got to share one. You got to turn it on? Maybe? On? Also, the queen just arrived. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> and Ivan's here. Hold on, we're having a little te- technical difficulty with the mic. On? One second. Are you guys on? I, don't, I got nothing. One moment, guys. He says it's on. He says it's on. You're on. Okay, cool. We're on. You just got to eat it. All right, so last year at this time, at this show in Chicago, I can think of four four podcasts that were there. Uh, Myself and the Fat Packs Podcast, Mr. Bertrand and Ivan with GoGTS, 
uh, the PSA podcast. I believe they were up here a little bit earlier. And then I believe Sports Card Radio was walking around. A year later, I think there's 10 or 12 shows, and this is a pretty good representation of what's going on right now in the podcasting world and the hobby. So what I wanted to do is just have a discussion with you guys, talk about the hobby, talk about how you guys got started in podcasting, and um, we'll talk about the state of the hobby. We'll give some stuff away. And does that, does that sound cool to you all? Is that Absolutely. good? Absolutely. Yeah, let's Absolutely. Do it. All right. Um, with all due respect, I'm not going to call him the king again, but Mr. Bertrand has been around sports card radio, sports, sports card podcasting for the better part of a decade, right? Yes, sir. So you really are where this all started. Nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to my former business partners and my friends, Doug Cataldo and Russ Cohen. Uh, they had started the Card Corner Club radio show, okay. I want to say back in probably 2000. And I hooked up with them in 2002. Uh, Doug walked away from the hobby for a little bit, came back and said, hey, I want to do a radio show and I want to do it live and I want to do it on Blog Talk Radio. And so that was the, kind of the first transition from going from a, uh, a recorded format to a live format. We needed to, uh, the show grew to the point that we needed to bring on another co-host. He's sitting out there right now, David Wright. Mr. Wright. You might know him as Long Fly Ball on Twitter. And so that was uh, our foray into, into things before we switched over to a, a, a video show. So let me, let me ask you this. And I, I know the answer is going to – it's a vast, wide answer, but how much has this changed since – it's in, it, it's in, it, right. It, like you said, it's changed so much from just last year. Right. I mean, the number of shows that you can uh, listen to and download on iTunes, I mean – You've got Chris Stuber, who just launched another one for uh, uh, Baseball Cards Daily. Right. Awesome show. Awesome show, you know, for investment advice. Uh, you have uh, a new web series called The VG3 Show by PSA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether you are into video and want to digest information that way or audio, there's something for you, and it's infinite. And now we've got great podcasts like Let Me Get That Graph, Steel City Scoop, you know, and and more. It's just sure keeps growing. It's again in a year, it's grown double, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure next year it'll probably in another ten or twelve, right? So you guys, let me get that photograph. Yeah. Where where were you guys inspired to start doing a podcast? And like, you you guys are fairly new, right? You got about fifty episodes in. Is that correct? Yeah, they're uh, about, about just over forty. So we're about a year, you know. Okay. So where were you guys inspired to do this? And where are you hoping to go to, like, say, next year? Well, uh, I just love sports and wanted to talk about cards. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I listen to you guys, watch GTS, uh, all the podcasts for a while. And uh, I was a journalism major, always wanted to do something with it. And uh, sure. just started doing it and uh, snowballed from there. Yeah, so, I mean, Drew just put a blast out on a Facebook group, uh, a cards group, saying, hey, anybody want to do a podcast? I responded and said, sure, I like to talk. <laughs> um, and we found out we live like an hour away from each other, there you go. which is convenient right. for, for trying to start something like that up. So um, Yeah, we'd never met when we did the first episode. Yeah, when no. we did episode <laughs> number one, was literally the first time we met. Wow. Yeah. That's that, crazy. That was interesting. But, yeah, I mean, we've just been going from there. Um, coming up next, you know, we'd like to, do, like to do some more shows like this, maybe branch out into some video content here and there, you sure. know, just kind of dabbling in, seeing what works and what doesn't. Sure. Now, I'm going to jump over here to the newest of us all. Uh, 
he's not that new, actually. He had a, he had a show, uh, Preserve the Hobby, but now he's with Still City and Still City Scoop. You guys were, what, five episodes in, right? I think you were number... Just working. I think you were actually number six. Yep. So, for me, I actually started, I listened to wrestling podcasts, and then I actually listened to uh, Eric Carabell, ESPN Fantasy Baseball, every day at work. And then, and then actually, uh, 2012, I got a job where I traveled territories and drove two or three hours a day and actually started listening to Cardboard Connection Radio. So that's kind of where the hobby podcast for me started. Uh, that, was, that was my inspiration. And then kind of thought, well, I can do this with a little practice. And, you know, went through Preserve the Hobby, now work for Still City Collectibles, and it just keeps steamrolling. You know, we started or started by myself, now adding guests, you know, the famous Eric Norton on episode six. So it's just kind of snowballed from there and hopefully just to keep growing. And if it, you know, gets to the point where it's more than once a week, then that's great. I'll do it every day if it comes down to it. So, All right, Vince, you are the king of surprise guests. I've told you this on, uh, on, on social media. This guy, this, this, is, this, is no, this is no lie. So how, the, guy, the guys from House of Pain, they're, the lead singer is a big collector. They're doing a show in the Fort Worth area. I am typing the email to House of Pain to book him for the podcast. I, I get done, I'm getting ready to hit sin, and I look at Vince's podcast, and he has booked House of Pain for the week that I'm trying to book him for. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I can't do this. You've got about 35, 40 episodes in. Uh, tell us where you started and uh, where, you, where you're hoping to go. Well, I'm a, little different than, I'm a little different than probably most of you guys up here because I'm not really into the hobby as – like making my living in the hobby. I don't sell cards. I mean, maybe stuff on eBay or something, but I don't make my living in cards as a hobby. And uh, I've told the story on the podcast a few times about how we started. started as like a father and son project, right? My son wanted to get into doing a project uh, mainly with like YouTube. And I've never really told anybody this, so I'm kind of telling it here now. The, the reason I really paid attention and really got going with this is my son was suffering from depression and he was really depressed and they were saying that a project like this would would help him so i really put a lot of effort and and money into getting the the equipment we needed and you know learning how to do a show learning how to do a podcast and everything we were going to need so well like i said we started out doing videos and then he didn't want to do the videos he wanted to try to do a podcast so he knew that I was into cards, and he told me that he would produce the podcast for me. He'd handle all the technical stuff, all the computer stuff, which he does, and maybe to a lesser degree now. But for sure, at the time, it helped a lot. I mean, it really helped him. and gave him uh, kind of a, you know, he was proud of what he was doing, and it gave him a purpose with that. So we didn't know what kind of podcast we were going to do as far as format. So it took us a little bit to kind of, get our feet under us to find a format that we liked and that format is is probably different from most people up here too is we're just basically a talk show talk show that kind of is hobby centered but not necessarily all the time so that's where we're at now and uh we're at episode 40 so we uh we got a few more surprises up our sleeve too as far as surprise guests just to let you know all right i want to talk about this the state of the hobby now, um, Rob and Ivan, you guys are 
kind of the forefront on Thursday nights. You guys go live and you break down what's what's out there, big stories in the hobby. Uh, sometimes what's what needs to be fixed in the hobby. Everybody says collecting's dying, and I think that by the evidence of all of us sitting up here, I don't think that's true. But what are you guys seeing on a weekly basis in the hobby that's working? Well, I think that first and foremost, there's some incredible demand, and, and I'm, I've long been preaching that just as my eyes have been opened working uh, with a podcast that is sponsored by a distributor, it's so much bigger than I ever thought going to a hobby shop, going to a Target, going to a Walmart. The Asian market is huge. Mm-hmm. I just sold two cards to uh, buyers in China for way more money than I paid for them. Sure. You know, that's, that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it at the end of the day. Demand drives things. Um, and I know there's a lot of issues going on right now with the fact that there is so much demand and there just doesn't seem to be enough products. So we're seeing prices go up, prices go up. Um, and, you know, I've actually been privy to conversations between distributors and manufacturers trying to fix that. But I find it very interesting because I also just randomly in searching the other day, I found an old article from, I want to say 2013, when GTS's own David Reel was actually at Tops. And he was talking about how we heard the hobby shop's complaints last year and we lowered production this year on this product. Okay. So we need to remember that, that things, things are cyclical. And right now we're in this phase where things have grown a little faster. Um, but I definitely don't think the hobby's dying. I think the hobby is thriving. It's just things are going to ebb and flow, and we need to be used to the fact that for this year, prices may be a little higher on some of the boxes that we normally like collecting. Sure. Speaking of the hobby staying alive, I know that you guys work a lot in Facebook rooms. Some, some have you know 2,000 members. Some have 16,000 members. So the hobby's not dying and it's alive and well on Facebook. Can you speak to Facebook a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole community on Facebook that's absolutely massive. And, uh, I mean, just here this week, I've met probably 30 people that I've known for maybe a year and a half, two years, and uh, just never met but had been talking to for three or four years, traded with them 100, 200 times. Sure. And, I mean, the Facebook groups, they really are – they move, and it's a hobby within a hobby, really. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's nuts, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, Facebook and Instagram both have taken the card shop online, which right. is more and more as, as people kind of my age and, and slight, slightly, slightly older, I'm 25, so millennials, the magical millennials, get into collecting. Um, they get that disposable income, and they can spend it. That's where, that's where things are going. If we're behind screens, um, I think that the people in the hobby, the dealers, the the shops and everything have figured out that that's where you got to go. And so um, it, it's almost replacing card shops, but it's also driving a hunger for card shops to come back. So I think sure. we're seeing that translate into the hobby really well. Now, speaking of card shops, you work for a card shop, per se, right? So Yeah, per se. Per se. Um, it, you always hear about cutting out the middleman, and hobby shops don't like that, and you know they, they, want, it, they want to have it, right? But Facebook and, and social media is... is a real thing right now in collecting. How are you guys uh, merging the two happily? I mean, for for me especially with writing, you know, news stories about products that are coming out, and then even I think a lot of people tend to forget about past years. We get so stuck in 2018. Right. So one thing that I try to do is go th- go back and find products that, hey, you know, this is a good product for a good price, 
hey, it's five years old, but everybody kind of forgot about it. So that's kind of where I come in, write some stories, give the news of what's coming out, new products, the calendars and all that. Sure. But also kind of reminding, hey, this player is in this product and so on and so forth. Can I just piggyback on that? Because yeah. I was going to say, uh, I was going to, Ivan did a great job of summing things up, but, you know, we get trapped in this cult of the new yep. as collectors and what's hot and what's now, and, and you forget that you need to go back sometimes, even with basketball now. Because right. of the NBA's developmental league and Europe being a gateway, sometimes you've got to go back to these older products a couple of years because all of a sudden these guys are starting to get playing time and can break out. So it's great to have a resource that points that out. Sure. It helps a lot. A lot of those, especially with the NBA, um, a lot of those older products just sit on the shelves, right? Um, and, then, and then five years from now, they're $400 because said player blew up. And then you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> so it, it, it helps when we have that voice out there. Vince, do you have a hobby shop in your area? Do you have a hobby shop in your area? We have a few hobby shops in our area, but uh, mainly it's all Targets and Walmarts by where I live. Um, We have one that's in southern Ohio a friend of mine has, and uh, he's got a booth here somewhere. I haven't found him yet. (laughs) And uh, there's another one that's in Delaware, which is about a 40-minute drive from my house. He's here, too, so I've got to find those two guys. But... uh, there's the closest one I have to my house is just not that great of a shop. It's old. It's been there a long time. I mean, I still enjoy going there occasionally, but they just don't really carry anything. Okay. So I'll ask Rob. Rob, what do you think that hobby shops can do? What do you think hobby shops can do to help reinnovate, rejuvenate the hobby? I'd like I'd like to see them. It's getting better, but I'd like to see more of them embrace social media more. Yeah. Uh, It's not as bad as it once was, but I still think there's a lot of opportunities that they're personally missing out on, uh, opportunities to uh, do breaks live on Facebook Live. I mean, it it is so stupid easy now. You can do it from your phone. Sure. So so do that with new product. When you get a a new product into the – your store, why not just take a box and showcase it, and you can even then play that in a recording on a monitor in the shop so that people have an idea right away of what potentially can come out of that. Then you talk about engagement. You know, It's a great way to engage and communicate with your customers. Right. And some shops, they get it. I mean, Mike Fruitman from Stadium Sports Cards in Colorado, I mean, hats off to him. If he could teach a seminar on how to do it, he should, because there's a lot to, uh, you can learn from him at the hobby shop level on how to engage in social media. Yeah, I'd like to piggyback off of that. Um, we actually have a really, we have two hobby shops near, near us in Charlotte. One's great, one's not great. I'll, and the great one is far from me. It's an hour drive. But I'll drive it. It's Bob at AAA Collectibles and Matthews. And what he does, he engages the community, makes it family-friendly, he and his wife and the people working there are always nice and friendly sure. and will always talk to you. And then they get players from local teams. I know not every city has a local team. Right. But even minor league baseball players, have them in for signings. Have them in and showcase their product. Be creative in the way that you market. Be creative in, in what draws people in. I mean, people like things besides just the cards, but it also gets them in front of the cards and around the cards. So they see that same player on a piece of cardboard, they're likely to grab it as well. You, you mentioned engaging the customer, and National Baseball Card Day is next week. 
that is this is the third the third year I believe, and it's it's grown leaps and bounds from its original uh, incarnation. It's so great engaging the customer with promotions like that, teaming with tops. Or with like you know Upper Deck does, and uh, they had to allocate packs on that even. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how popular it's become. Exactly, that's awesome. It's it's great seeing. And then we talk about it all the time. I think all of our shows talk about it all the time is getting kids back involved in the hobby. Yes. So I, it, it's happening, and it's probably more prevalent than what we're giving it credit for. But I think it could be happening on a, on a much larger level. So this this is one where I I preach a little bit. Okay. But again, it's just because I'm a centrist, so I argue whichever side you're saying, I argue the opposite. <laughs> All you have to do is come here and stand on this stage with me for 10 minutes, sure. and you will believe the kids are in the hobby. Right. Now, it's not the same as it once was where every single kid allegedly did nothing but collect cards, as our memories tell us. When I was a kid, I, w- I cared more about card collecting than any of my friends, even though they may have spent more money on cards or had more money. I was the only one out of all of my friends who really sorted, collected. So I think that we sometimes glorify the past a little bit. But there are kids that love it today. And I'll tell you the other place that we are not seeing the kids that are collecting, Instagram. Right. There are so many kids on Instagram in the Instagram collecting circles, and a lot of the people I know that say there aren't kids in the hobby are also not super active on Instagram. (laughs) So they are out there. It may be slightly different. They may enjoy some of the digital offerings. And yes, they may be spending a little more money on video games. But let's be honest, Eric. In 1990, if you were given $60, would you be buying Super Mario World 3 or would you be buying a, a box of cards? That is a fair question. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. I really like Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> Good. No, I actually, uh, when you were just saying that it's just they're not there, I completely agree. My son, that's actually what got me back into the hobby was, wanting to collect with him and stuff like that and the kids i walked past here and i saw it yesterday and i've seen some of the kids breaks they're they really are they are engaging a lot but i do think that uh local card shops and stuff like that really need to be pulling them in because there's a lot of things that they can do interactively that can help them i mean growing up i remember more fondly than anything my dad taking me to a card shop i think most of us probably do and so i think there's a really I don't know. I think there's just more that the card shops could do for what you were saying before about just pulling them in and stuff like National Base card, Baseball Card Day is what's going to do that. I think we also need to embrace the base set more often. Um, David, I'll, I'll point out David again. He, he, in the past, he has done segments on, my sh- on, on our show, uh, the set of the month, set of the week, set of the moment, whatever we want to call it at that time that he was on it. But uh, being knowledgeable about a base set, I'll give Upper Deck kudos. The the uh, the, uh, the young guns, the young gun rookies in the, in the Upper Deck base set, they are the standard bearer for the rest of the season as far as rookie goes, right? Uh, I, I know that you have your autographs and other products like that, but for a base rookie to sell for 30 40 50 60 bucks sometimes, that's amazing, and Upper Deck does a oh, great yeah. job of that. Being more knowledgeable about the set and putting, putting sets together is going to help our hobby grow as well. You had something, Jason? Yeah, to kind of go along with that point, it feels to me like some of the autographs and the memorabilia, especially for the rookies, are getting out of, not I don't want to say out of hand, but maybe out of a lot of people's price ranges. And okay. it seems like the Topps baseball rookie cards are starting to really become a, I don't want to say a fad because Topps has been around forever, but it seems like 
you know, the Trout, the 2011 Trout Tops or the Kershaw from 08 Tops Update, it seems like those are really picking up a lot of steam yeah, in are. the past year or two. They are. From somebody that likes to collect junk era Panther Chrome Refractors, I'd absolutely love to start seeing people collect some of this stuff because, you know, sure. that's what I'm going after. Sure. You know, you mentioned those tops um, rookie cards coming back, and I think the product of that, I mean, you're seeing those guys, Trout and Kershaw, start to put together Hall of Fame resumes. And so people are trying to jump on that next 52 mantle. I mean, they're really hoping that they hit it with something that big, and they're, they're trying to guess at Kershaw or Trout putting together those kind of numbers. I, I think that's where you're starting to see a resurgence of those base rookies. I think you're absolutely onto something. Well, take a look at the, the Steph Curry rookie from a few years ago, right? You're not you, kidding. You, you can't touch it now. That card almost went from, you know, what, what was it, 20 bucks, 25 bucks to $500 overnight. It, it, it was ridiculous. I'm, I know it wasn't that fast, I'm, but it, 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 was, it was ridiculous. And there's something to be said about those base cards now that are, that are picking up steam. And it's good to know that you could, you could probably go out here right now, search the floor, and, you know, maybe find a handful of them mistakenly put in a dollar box or something like that, you know? It's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible at all. Rob, I, I want your honest thoughts on um, just just the hobby in general. Uh-oh. Because you see this. Honest thoughts. You, you see this from both sides. You're, you're a collector, but you're also, you, you guys work at GTS. You're a distributor. Something amazing just happened over there. What do you, what do you honestly think? is going on right now in the hobby. Are we really good? Is this, is this a boom or bust type thing, or are uh, we in a bubble? First, I'd like to make the distinction between the industry and the hobby. Okay, please. The hobby's going to live forever. Right. All these companies, Panini, Tops, Upper Deck, could fold tomorrow. Hobby will still be here. Okay. Yep. Okay? So when we talk about the health of the hobby... And a lot of times we're referring to the newer aspect of the industry side of things. Sure. So I, I do like to draw that distinction. I think it's important to it keep in important. mind because, you know, long after some companies are gone, there's going to be people collating their sets and chasing secondary market places for the cards they still need. Um, I think we're in a good place uh, overall. Uh, I think that Topps has done a great job with the MLB license. Do I personally think there's there's a little room for another licensee? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, has Upper Deck done a great job with the NHL? Absolutely. Is there room for a second? Maybe. See, it's different. You know. Okay. Yeah. A little bit smaller market, and I think Leaf does a great job with some of their hockey products. Uh, so while none of us are necessarily fans of, quote, exclusives because they think it um, negates competition. I don't necessarily think that it has – I think based on just what we're seeing now, it hasn't hurt. You know, we're doing okay. And so when I see people on social media, retailers, complaining about not being able to get enough product, I can only think of that as a good thing because – we all remember the days when, I mean, let, let's face it, there's a pretty famous video of me burning some junk wax. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think any of us ever want to go back to those days. You know what I mean? Speaking of famous video, what's up, Chris? How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> 
Well, we'll go ahead, Freddie. We got something to say, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I think I think honestly, the hobby's doing just fine. I mean, let, let's just be honest about some products you can get. You can break Tops High Tech, which is on card autos that are going to grade well for thirty bucks. Um, whether people love the set or not, you can get nice cards for inexpensive. And the economy's doing well right now, which is going to boom the industry. Sure. And so um, you've got you've got three, four, five great companies, some up and coming. When you've got new companies up and coming in an industry, I think everything's going all right. And so I really think that the next um, step, if you will, is just working on the products themselves and, sure. and kind, of, kind of honing in where each company has carved out their niche. Vince, I want to ask you about retail. You, you were talking about there are a few shop, hobby shops in your area, but most right. of it's Target and Walmart and stuff like that. Right. Are you going to retail, retail spots and, and picking up cards like that or picking up you know, blasters or whatever? Well, I won't lie. There's a lot of times that I'll go to a different grocery just because I know that they have the cards. You know? <laughs> yep. If, if, if there's a store I know doesn't have cards, we might not do our grocery shopping there that week. That's awesome. Even if we have double coupons. <laughs> but uh, I want to get back to that point where you were talking about the – where. Um, Stu, I get Drew and Stu mixed up. Stu was talking about the hobby and the cards. I think a lot of the reason that the hobby's picked up is if you look at the cards that are coming out now versus the ones even 10 years ago, there's some really cool cards coming out now. Sure. The, some of the, even the, I know it's high end, a lot of people can't afford it, but if you look at it, some of the, the amazing patch cards, the low numbered stuff, and uh, not to mention how people can get into the breaks now and get their hands on that stuff without breaking the bank, you know, potentially. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Uh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> I wanna, I'll get back to retail, though. And the stuff that's coming out of retail boxes and blasters is insane. And then you have, you know, retail-only sets that, you know, both Panini and Tops are doing. I, is it innovative? Probably not. But it's, it's putting a lasting mark on the hobby, I think, because guys are, guys are going – Guys are going and picking up a rack pack and, you know, and, and, and hitting the Shohei Atani autograph or something like that. You, well, it's filling you... an obvious demand. Yeah. I mean, like, like Vince said, there's not necessarily a shop close enough sometimes. And so maybe that, you know, for some people, that, that aisle at Target is their hobby shop. That's true. And to That's be able me. to provide them, you know, a product that can't get anywhere else, I'm okay with that, I think. Add something real quick. You know, me being from West Virginia, it's you know, smaller towns, smaller communities, less card shops. I buy a lot of retail, and it's not that I'm necessarily looking for innovative. Okay. It's more of a price point. Hey, I can throw $20 away here and not really miss it, that kind of thing. Sure. But I'm also looking for player selection. So the immaculate, I don't need it to be at retail because I'm not looking for the high hits. I might want Tops or Heritage or Don Russ because they might have that sixth, seventh, or eighth starter from the Pirates or the Nationals right. or whatever. So I think the retail tailors a lot to that type of customer. I I, I think so too, and it's you know you're not breaking the bank like you said. You can you can throw away twenty dollars and not have it be a big big deal. I look around here and I know this is a lot of our a lot. Of, this is your first national, yep. right? Yep. You guys' first national. Rob's the Rob and Ivan are, are Wiley vets. This is only my second national. Uh, we'll talk about the national. We'll wrap it up. Rob, Ivan, this is. I like this better. I like this better in Chicago. I like the floor layout. It's, it's much nicer. As you're not uh, nut to butt, as I was talking to earlier. But uh, <laughs> th- 
what is what does this show mean to the hobby? Is this everything? Is it is it everything? And then next week we're just going to worry about what's going to happen next year in Chicago, or is this is this, is this the hobby, or is this just another show? Well, I think it's impossible to say that it's just another show yeah, when I think you look so at the <laughs> continued record numbers being set. When you look at the fact that auction houses hold items to be able to bring them here and display them. I mean, I saw a 1933 Gaudi PSA 9 that I cannot shut up about, Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. that looked like lacquered candy. It was so beautiful. Wow. It looked better than, you know, we have cards today that are designed in the classic mode, like Panini Classics for football, Topps Heritage. No offense to either of those products. It looked better than 90% of the fresh cards pulled out of there, wow. just from a cardboard standpoint. And where was this at? Uh, this was Golden Auction, sold for 300000 yesterday, but it's still on display there. I gotta go see that. So, when you've got things like that, events coming up, the Shoei Otani one of one Bowman Chrome Superfractor is on display, and then we'll go to auction. It's clearly become an event that the hobby year revolves around. Right. Uh, that said, in regards to the LCS question, really, for me, life is becoming decentralized. I use Amazon. I may be part of the problem, but I've got kids who need diapers. Yesterday, I'm using Amazon. I'm using eBay. I'm using Twitter. So this is, for me, my LCS, where I get to see my friends. You know, Chris and David out there, as much as they may disagree with me sometimes, I love these guys, and they make me laugh, and I love seeing them. (laughs) You guys, you know, I've spoken on the phone to Drew, but I get to finally meet him, shake his hand, get to know what he's like in person. So for me, this is my, my five-day LCS every year. That, that makes sense. You guys, that's first actually, time. Yeah, and that's actually what I've found to be the coolest part of this, is I've gotten to meet so many people that, you know, we were talking about social media and its impact these days. I've gotten to meet probably over 100 people that I've been dealing with for years and that I feel like I know better than some of my friends at home, but yet I've never gotten a chance to meet. So sure. it's really cool. What, what about you? You're not speaking to that, but, like, what are you seeing your first time out here on the floor? I mean, I mean, first time out here on the floor, uh, there's something for everyone. Um, people say there's not deals at the National. There's, that's a lie. Um, there, there's plenty here for the dollar bins to the, to the big-name transactions. Um, literally, you can come here and spend a week and not see half of what, what you came to see. And so everything they say about the National is true. Um, as for is it maker, I don't think it's the whole hobby okay. um, because I collected for two or three. I got back into it for two or three years and didn't even know a National was a thing. Okay. Um, until until really Drew brought up brought up coming here, um, so I don't think it's a whole hobby. But man, I think what an opportunity for collectors to get face to face time with dealers they've been dealing with, with people they've been dealing with, even with company reps. Sure. Um, that that maybe maybe they get to talk to and get some questions answered. So unique opportunity for sure. Maybe capstone of the hobby. Maybe foundation. I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt foundation. But I, I you know I think I think it's a significant portion, but maybe not the whole. Jason. So for me being my it's my first national, it's close to home. It, it's a great trip. It is overwhelming. You know, coming in day one, walking in, seeing the lights, and you know we came the second day that our some of our crew was here, and a lot of the booths were already set up, and it's just it's overwhelming. And I can see where people say, even in the five or six days that you're here as a visitor or a dealer, there's never enough time to go see everything, and. Uh, what are we on day four, three or four, depending yeah, on who you are? <laughs> I've never made it to the other half of the building yet, so okay. it's it's just crazy. It's nuts. What about you, man? You, you've only been here for like a couple of hours, so I yeah, I rolled into town like two-ish around. Okay. Yeah, got my room. <laughs> but uh, for me, I just want to say 
thanks for asking me to do this thing, to be up on this panel, because that was the real motivation for me to even come to this event. I've never been to one before, and most likely I wouldn't have come, but I'm sure glad I did, and I'll be here tomorrow, too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Rob, you were inconspicuously silent down there. What, what, do you think that, what do you think about the National? I love it. I love coming every year. Um, when I first started coming, it was about the stuff. It was, yeah. about the, it was about the, you know, what's the promotions, the redemption packs, the free stuff. Uh, then it became about growing my collection, and uh, it's the only place that I feel comfortable buying from, you know, ex-dealer right. uh, to add to my, you know, ex-collection. Now it's about seeing people I know, you know, like these guys out here. Sure. Um, this guy. I mean, I have to put up with him every, you know, <laughs> Thursday night. But, you know, this is one of the only times I actually see him physically. Right. And then getting to know people that I follow on Twitter, you know. Sure. And so it, it's been interesting to, to watch what I, what I appreciate about the national change. But uh, this is the only place to do it all. Shop for your PC. See stuff you're never going to see anywhere else. And connect with people that you that you love and respect in the hobby, all in one place, year after year. Awesome. I have just got one more. Yeah, I, I hate to answer the question twice, but I did want to add to that something that I thought of. Today, my mind was blown because I complain sometimes about certain things with eBay, okay. uh, certain things that certain listing practices and things. Well, guess what? eBay is here. I was able to go talk to eBay, and instead of ask eBay and getting a, you know, a customer service rep pad answer, I was able to go to them and watch the person responsible for the sports memorabilia category take notes, look at listings, and say, oh, I've never seen that, even though I see thousands of listings an hour. Oh, I never realized that's what that meant. And actually start taking things into, into consideration. And that's a microcosm of this year. A lot of the things that we complain about, when you actually talk to the companies, I've seen changes. Maybe not all the changes we want, but in the last five years, I've seen changes on some of the things that collectors do complain about the most. They're incremental. It's the Titanic. It takes a long time to turn. But this is the only place where you can get an answer directly and know that you're heard as a collector. Sure. So that's another reason the National is important to me. It's very important. Um, we have the Industry Summit that we've been to, and that's, that's for the dealers. That's all those guys out there. But this is for collectors and enthusiasts so i really i really love it all right we're gonna wrap this up i tell people all the time the most important thing about podcasting is to be consistent um i told you that when you first oh, started yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh you, if you say you're gonna release on thursdays at at, at two o'clock then you need to release on thursdays at two o'clock so with that being said and the hope that you're all consistent please tell everybody out there where uh they can find your show date and time and social media so they can follow you. Thanks for that opportunity. Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch. seems the best feed is on Twitch, by the way, if you guys ever want to get into video. And all the handles are that channel and GoGTSLive. GoGTSLive. Drew? No, we release every Friday. This week, obviously, with National, it'll be a little different, but we will be back next week. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, um, iTunes, pretty much anywhere. Uh, let me get that potograph and all of our socials. Uh, let me get that potograph at gmail.com, LGTP podcast on Twitter. 
And, uh, yeah, every Friday. And I just wanted to say, uh, one of the coolest things about all the podcasts and stuff like that, and you mentioned you talking to me, we're all going after really the same listener base, but it's all so incredibly supportive. It's a really awesome community we have here and some really great shows. And so I uh, just wanted to say thanks for letting us be a part of it. With that, I want to, I want to add the blogs, too, and the, and the vlogs. Yep. You know, again, it's we're all chasing that same listener base. You know, We're all asking, hey, is it okay if I can post my podcast in your, in your Facebook room? And then, well, this guy already posted, but he doesn't care. It's fine. Just let me do it, right? So, uh, Jason, podcast. Uh, so, Steel City Collectibles is steelcitycollectibles.com, and then our blog is actually steelcityscoop.com, podcast, Steel City Scoop as well, pretty much on every podcast app or platform. Uh, we go live, I guess I go live every Friday at 11 o'clock, um, unless there's a show like The National or the one week we had Chantilly, we were uh, absent that week as well. So, usually Fridays at 11 on Blog Talk Radio. Awesome. And Vince? Eric, I appreciate the consistency advice, but I don't really uh, – I'm probably the least consistent of anybody at this table, but a lot of times my son is putting stuff up between jiu-jitsu practice, weightlifting, wrestling practice, his girlfriend, so I'm kind of at his mercy. I do a lot of things now to, to keep us afloat, but uh, where our podcast comes out usually twice a month about okay. – and we're on iTunes and uh, Stitcher Radio, and you can – Find our Facebook page and Twitter page, Instagram page. Instagram page is doing pretty good, so that's where we're at. Awesome. I, I actually want to I wanna, I wanna shout them out. That Sports Card Podcast, right? Right. TSCS yep. Podcast. I, I have so little time. I, I sadly don't get to listen. I've listened to every one of ours about once. I've only even listened to mine once. <laughs> um, that's the one. That's actually the one that I enjoy the most. So right, over, don't, think, don't think that just because of the, the, the sporadic consistency. It's a really good one if you ever have a long, a long you know, 25-minute drive or something to download that and check it out. So Awesome. You can catch me uh, on Twitter at Fat Packs Podcast. If I don't answer you, David Wright will. He'll, uh, he'll jump in on it for me. Um, we release on Thursdays at 11 o'clock. It used to be at 2 p.m., changed it to 11 a.m., I get to work early and I have nothing to do, so uh, I put it out early. So, guys, thank you very much for joining me up here. I really appreciate it. Uh, some of this, I've met some of you for the first time today or this week, and uh, I love how we're interacting and growing together uh, in the hobby. And pod, there's a, I, I, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that if you have a vague idea and a microphone, you can have a podcast. So, uh, but there's a podcast for everything. And these are some of the best sitting up here. So I hope you guys check us out. Please do. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us, guys. We love you, Eric. Love you, Eric. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody sticking around to listen to that. That was the podcast roundtable from the 2018 National Sports Collectors Convention. Um, just going to remind everybody one more time, follow us on Twitter, and Instagram at SCC Trading Cards. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast, um, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, any uh, podcast app that you might use. And it's actually, if you use TuneIn, you can actually get it on your Amazon Echo device as well. Just say, play the Still City Scoop podcast, and it will play the newest episode for you. Um, I've tried it out myself. It works pretty well. So 
very easy feature for you to use. Um, appreciate, like I said, everybody tuning in, listening today and sticking around. Next week, we'll try to get a guest on for you, uh, get you a nice little interview, and then have some highlights from the week and maybe some more uh, national information and maybe a little recap of Topps National Baseball Card Day, which happens in two days on Saturday, August 11th. So, all right, guys, until next week, have a good weekend and get out to your local hobby shop for, to- for Topps National Baseball Card Day, and we'll be here next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>